This is Yolanda Robbins, your host of the Parish Property Chronicles. In this episode of the Parish Property Chronicles, my guests are Tan and Jim Stukas, a Franco-American couple for whom I recently managed the redesign and restructure of their living space in the 20th arrondissement. They'll tell us how they met thanks to filmmaker François Truffaut while studying at the University of Notre Dame. Although they eventually married and started a family in Tan's native city of Paris, it wasn't long before they relocated to New York City, where they lived for several years. Let's hear how this Franco-American family bridges the cross-cultural divide with ease. Tan and Jim, I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the Parish Property Chronicles. You are a Franco-American couple living in France, living in Paris specifically, but your story began in the United States in 1992. Can you share with our listeners how you met, got married, and what led you back to France? Okay, well, I'll try to answer that. Um... We met in 1992 at a, at a small French school in, in uh, the United States. That's actually uh, not pronounced the French way. Notre Dame. Uh, we coming out of a, a French film, and that's what that's where we met. Uh, so that was in 1992. Uh, to make a long story short, uh, we we got married in April of 1994 in Fontenay-sous-Bois, just outside of Paris, which is Tan's hometown. So. Why did we do that? I, this was, uh, I think, uh, obvious. Tan did not want to live in the United States, and uh, I wanted to follow her uh, across the ocean. So uh, we moved into the neighborhood we're in. Uh, actually, no, we first moved out in the western suburbs where Tan was working. She had a contract with her with a French employer that had paid for some of her education. Mm-hmm. So I moved out with her in Sergi Pontoise. Um, and then in uh, 1995, we moved to this area, which is where her mom worked, and she helped find us an apartment uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, I'll just uh, specify for our listeners, the the neighborhood in which you live right now is on the 20th. But I just had another question, and maybe Tan can answer this question. Do you remember the film that you both were watching when you you met at the movies? Jim said it was a French film. Yes, of course. It was Monterey Passol Pianist, Don't Shoot the Pianist. It's a Truffaut movie with Charles Navo. Okay. So you got married, you moved as a couple to the Paris area, then you moved into the neighborhood or near where you are right now in the 20th. And so just tell us about your first apartment there. 40 square meters and that was not very well insulated. It was a 1910 building that had been renovated. So we knew it was just temporary, I think. And then uh, one day we were walking around the park. There's a big park called the, the Square Serre Bernard um, in our neighborhood. And I saw up on the top floor of a building or next to the top floor uh, of a sign for sale. And I told Tan, okay, we're buying that apartment. And she said, you don't even know the price. You don't, you know, you don't know anything whether we can afford it or not. I said, don't worry about it. We're going to buy it. And uh, we went, made a visit. I can't remember if we made more than one visit, but we wound up buying that place. And we lived there several years. Our daughter was born while we were living there. And then after, so was it, I guess, four or five years, then we needed a bigger place because we had our son uh, actually in the same apartment. So there was the, uh, the four of us in, a, in 60 square meters. So we looked for a bigger place and we found this apartment here on uh, Rue de la Plaine, which is just north of the park. It's kind of hidden by some other buildings so you can't see the park, but uh, it, it's a more family style apartment with uh, three bedrooms. 
basically with the camera the with the camera example because i mean actually the first apartment we bought it was kind of because jim fell in love with it and then it, it was a very quick decision and the second apartment i wanted to move um very quickly because uh, the apartment first apartment was very small and we bought this apartment we visited at nine and we made the offer at 1 p.m so with a couple with quick decisions <laughs> tan can you describe the apartment in which you live right now it's kind of a three-bedroom apartment that is kind of 89 square meters that was built in, uh, in the 1957, which is just after the World War, uh, the Second World War. At that time, uh, there was kind of villages around Paris. So, and then uh, those villages were kind of annexed. And so it's all fairly new, but new from that time. The, the building is kind of uh, moderately well um, soundproof. But uh, it was kind of made for big families, for all those families kind of be born after war. And, and then uh, we, it's just kind of small uh, co-op of around 60 apartments in two buildings. And so what I like about the building is that, I mean, there's not so many people. Okay, great. And then after a couple, a few years, after you bought the apartment, you moved back to the U.S. with your family. So what took you back to the U.S. and where in the U.S. did you live? I, I read for a job in a uh, posting in New York and I decided to apply for it. And then suddenly in one month we kind of had a new kind of life project and we moved down to New York City. So it was kind of a, a very stressful time because we had to uh, learn to live uh, in New York. But it was also very exciting. It was kind of a, a time where there was a rebirth of a, we, we lived in Tribeca in New York. And it was a time of rebirth of Tribeca after um, the, the September 11th era. Yeah, so this was in the early 2000s. So this was 2007, just to, to put a precise date. Our kids were 10 and 6 at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, it was a big, big uh, move. We were lucky in that we could rent our place here to Tom's brother. So that was sort of a you know a, you know a safe option we had uh, if if things didn't work out uh, and mm-hmm. and 2007 2010 just to remind the audience it was a pretty crazy time in the U.S. economy so uh, but we did stay in New York for three years and uh, had I think a great time the kids became really bicultural uh, both you know Franco-American which they always have been officially but this was their chance to to go move back and forth between their the two countries. Mm-hmm. Was that the answer to your question? That was the answer to my question. And you also answered just a little bit about what it was like for your kids to live in the United States, because they were both born here in France to an American parent and also a French parent. So living in the United States must have been a cultural adjustment for them. We really wanted to go to public school in the U.S. They came from the French system. I can't remember what grade they were in, but they were 10, 10 years old and six years old. And we moved them into fifth grade and second grade in the U.S. And they just fully adapted to the American system very quickly, I think, both of them. And then when we announced we were going back, they were kind of like, are you serious? But then we said, oh, we'll have French vacation. And then they're like, okay, let's go. <laughs> so they, they're pretty adaptable. Okay, great. So then you decided to come back to France. I met you because we have a mutual friend and you were interested to reimagine the space that you're in. Before the renovations, your apartment had the kitchen that was away from the living area. And can you tell our listeners 
why you wanted the space to change to fit your lifestyle? Yes, sure. I mean, first, kind of, uh, also to say, I the, the trigger for the, the the change also was because of the bathroom, because I was when I was as I was telling you before, um, the bed, the building was built in the in '57, and at that time, people wouldn't take um, showers very often; they would take baths, and then uh, there was kind of natural ventilation for the bathroom. But with you know the modern lifestyle, and I had the bathroom actually redone twice. There was always humidity in the bathroom, and I felt that you know there was kind of a closed space uh, in between walls with uh, with no windows, mm-hmm. and then with the, the the fact that we had a laundry machine and and showers, it was not healthy. All that kind of humidity. So after having trying to solve that problem with the bathroom, then one day I had the intuition that if I sw- I, I kind of switched the, the the space for the kitchen. That was a, we had a big kitchen and the bathroom, but with an open uh, kind of space kitchen in the middle of the living room that would solve my bathroom problem. And the second part is that also because the kitchen was very far from the living room, as you know, in France before when apartments you had maids preparing your meals and bring the meal for in the dining room after. I was always very far from the family because, I mean, they would, do their homework in the living room and I would try to prepare dinner in the evening. And when I had friends and and if I wasn't, I had guests and I had to kind of adjust the dinner and I was very far from the conversation when they were having the appetit. So there was kind of two frustrations that actually um, I tried to solve by swapping the, the, the space of the kitchen and the bathroom. I actually was not aware of the first challenge. I knew about the second, that you felt like you were far away from your guests and from your family when you were preparing meals. Could you tell us a little bit about the renovations, the results, what you thought, Jim, all from you? Well, the first thing I'd say is that the second reason was really the most important, and it was the, the humidity in the bathroom was just the excuse to say, let's just knock down the walls. And then, so, <laughs> But it was a great idea, and, and I think we, we love the way now the space works. So uh, about the process, I guess uh, I can try to tell things, and Tom, jump in if I, if I get stuff. But, uh, you know, we talked to you and, and uh, after a chance encounter at, at a party and so on, and then we, we started uh, thinking about the, the idea, and you, I think, introduced us to an architect who allowed us to sort of express different ideas, you know, just with words, and then they put real drawings on it, and we could uh, talk through that and, and had, I think, a number of cycles with, with her. Uh, and that, I think, led to, you know, the, the design that we then wound up uh, having to go through and do real work. You know, it wasn't, we moved from paper to uh, knocking down plaster and go ahead. Uh, huh? And it's true. I mean, actually, the thing that surprised me the most at the beginning was that the fact that we needed an architect because I didn't even imagine that. But then I loved it, the fact that we could kind of work on different iterations and play with the space. So we could project, because I had kind of a particular idea of how I wanted this, the, the things to be done. And then suddenly, Nicole brought so many kind of new ideas. We could kind of try to combine some ideas and see how it would work out. And then it took more time than I thought in the preparation, but then it was, I mean, it was really worth it. Yeah, a lot of small details that turn out to be big improvements on things we hadn't even imagined. I think you know, expanding the the toilet the space, uh, the closet in the in the hall, and so on that uh, you maybe had imagined, but uh, when you see it concretely. We also had a very tight timeline. We tried to get everything accomplished during the vacation period. So if I remember correctly, it was maybe about six weeks maximum. 
I think it was um, eight weeks. Uh, eight weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So maybe turned actually, ten, but we had a the, uh, you know the imprevu as we say in French. Uh, the unexpected always. Uh, but I mean, it was amazing. A timeline, but it was. Yeah. Uh, how it was done in eight weeks because I mean I have um, other neighbors and maybe have kind of uh, projects that lasted like three months or four months. I must admit, I have my favorite parts of the renovation because we not only worked on swapping the spaces for the kitchen and the bathroom, we created a kind of entryway that I think is mm -hmm. outstanding. And Tan, part of that was your forethought to have this tiled entryway that is just absolutely beautiful and brings a lot of character to the space. But are there favorite parts of the renovation that you both like or that stand out? I mean, should say that. I love everything <laughs> about it. <laughs> and I mean, uh, talking, talking about the entry, I like really because I mean, you really caught the spirit when we talked about it because you said, oh, it's a mudroom. And one of the things that I was frustrated about is that, I mean, there's a lot of kind of athletes in the, in the, in, in, in the household and they would kind of drag the baseball equipment they would spend everywhere and then we would store in the middle of the hallway and it was always dirty. So now we have the mudroom at the entrance. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that they're taking the shower and then looking at the sun outside and looking you no know, because I mean we building is fairly high so we can see the, the, the Paris roof and take the shower at the same time. I love uh I love the new kind of washroom because it's so much bigger and then you can put stuff and with a little mirror and a little kind of sink. And then I love the the new kitchen obviously. So I love everything. And the, since it's an American kitchen, which I don't think we say that in English, but whatever, the open plan, I can be in the living room, but I can talk to her directly without, you know, having to walk to the other side of the apartment. We have the little, we don't really use it for, we can imagine having, you know, breakfast or a little thing with the stools, but we really have the, the charging station for all the phones with little USB plugs. There's lots of little things and, and big things that, but everything's worked out great. With the kitchen, I'm in much better mood because, as I said, I used to kind of cook in the kitchen. And I said, hey, you know, I'm working here. So kind of keep me company. And now everybody's around you. It, it, it's yeah. great. It's very, it's very communal and very convivial, the space. I've been there before and after. Now that you've lived in the space, because it's been about a year, are there things that you would have done differently? Actually, not for the space where we did. I mean, what would have done differently was that uh, we wouldn't have stored the piano in my bedroom, uh, my uh, daughter's bedroom, yeah. because to take it out, it was really hard. <laughs> the, I mean, That's true. I had a hard time, but I mean, so in an organization, you know, all the kind of thing what we stored, we maybe would have changed a few things, but on the overall project, I thought it was a perfect project. Tell me about the neighborhood, because the 20th is not a neighborhood that maybe some of my listeners are familiar with since living there, especially with the children. I mentioned yeah. at the beginning, this was Tom's, where her mom worked. So she knew this neighborhood, I think, from, from quite a while ago. For me, it was kind of a discovery. It's a very central. I think we're near Nation. I mean, it's the 20th, but we're right around the 11th and the 12th. I mean, we can get there just by crossing a few streets. It's very residential, but there we have all the... The businesses, uh, you know, it's a grocery store. You have Printemps Nation with a Darty. We have a Castorama if we need to do uh, every once in a while. Uh, I don't uh, put too many nails in the walls, but, you know, you, you do need to, to go and DIY every once in a while. So it's, it's a great neighborhood, and the transportation situation is really good. We can get six metro lines and get to the airports uh, once we start flying again uh, pretty easily from here. So it's a, it's a great place. I think Tan wanted to talk but about the history 
Yeah, yeah, because I mean, be, be, beyond the, the obvious convenience of it, uh, right now, I mean, and it has very good schools too, but, uh, the, um, the neighborhood, as I, as, as I told, was kind of built just after the war, and it remained very rural for a long time, and then, um, and then you can see the names of the Grand Champs, Rue de la Plaine, and then after, many buildings were built around that time, uh, in the, in the 50s and the 60s, and a lot of people, uh, moved in, and then, it's kind of a very family-oriented um, neighborhood uh, with history. And when when we moved in the neighborhood, for example, I could kind of all the parents had their grandparents living in in, in that place. Mm-hmm. And then the, in the shops, I mean, one of the the photographer's mother, she was telling us that she had always been kind of stayed there. And there was a blacksmith uh, blacksmith farrier shop across. Mm-hmm. When I mean the the Sharon was just sand and gravel. So you could find a lot of people telling you about the history of the place. Literally put shoes on horse I mean it was, was the people had had this uh, business since when there were no cars here. I mean it was just people with buggies and, and taking out going out to the to the farms and so on. So it's it's uh, it's become quite urban since then obviously but we still have a little bit of green. And, and you walk around and you have people telling the story about the neighborhood and then you have now a lot of um, people speaking English. Mm-hmm. And like, you can have you know, that, that nice kind of um, living together of, you know, French people, and, but also, also foreigners. What's also very interesting, and just so our listeners can understand, even though it's the 20th, so Paris is made up of 20 arrondissements or 20 districts, you can get to the center very quickly from where you are. You can take the RERA, I believe, and right. get there very quickly, and the Line 1, which goes straight through the city. So it's not far at all from what we consider the center of Paris. Would you agree yeah. with well, that? Well, the La Défense business district as well. So mm-hmm. We don't take the RERA yeah, much it's, it's, to that. Or it's the, the 20 government. minutes from the center. Yeah, it's 20 minutes from the center of Paris. And it, I mean, especially with Line 1, I mean, I, I go very easy in the center just to go take a dance class or anything. When you want to escape the city, I believe you have a place in the south of France. Can you just tell us a little bit about your property in the south of France? So uh, when uh, our daughter was one, there was a a tax uh, sort of, how do you say, rebate system to help people encourage investment in real estate and to rent places called the Périsol. Mm -hmm. So as an American, when I read this, I thought this was too good to believe the French taxpayers are going to subsidize our, our vacation place. So, but anyway, it turns out to be the real deal. So we bought a small apartment in a town called Gaufajouan, which is also in the commune of Valoris in the south of France, between Cannes and Antibes. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we did was we paid a certain amount of money and uh, we had to rent the place out for 10 years. So that also paid quite a bit of the, the purchase price. So we had rented it to a company that would then rented out to vacationers, and we would get six weeks per year of use as well as part of the, the package, and then we'd get a write-off on our taxes. So this was... But the main thing is location, location, location. I mean, it's well, kind of, of five minutes from the train station. Yeah, so we then, could have bought uh, in Dunkirk or in Dieppe or some other town that we've discovered in the north of France, but this we is on the Côte d'Azur. It was a place where the kids would always go down with Tan every vacation. I would go during the summer, and then school vacations, Tan would find time to take the kids, and we'd use those six weeks during those first 10 years without any problem. And now we have full use of the apartment. It's it's ours and we can rent it if we want or we use it. And um, it's basically uh, just a place we can go down, go to the beach, go to the pool, visit the back uh, country of uh, the Côte d'Azur, uh, whatever we want. So it's a, 
Let one of our favorite places. Hmm. But and one of the reasons also, I mean, I I was kind of keen on 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 buying a place was I was getting worried about my parents who were getting old, and I was thinking, you know, I mean, they were going back and forth between their home uh, country, Vietnam and France, and I was thinking at one point they will they be too old to fly to Vietnam, and they would still need uh, warm weather, mm-hmm. and then um, the south kind of uh, of France is the perfect kind of climate for them, so much kind of nicer. Well, they get up a little, uh, they feel a little uh, bored because they're away from family when they're down there. But I still think that when the, the Paris winter is going to be too hard for them, they might, you know, kind of stay here also to kind of uh, pass through the, the winter and avoid the rain. Before the pandemic, I presume you got down there, got down to the south of France to enjoy your property very often. Have you had the opportunity to go back since? Yeah, well, this summer we were able to go driving as we weren't locked down to, totally. So we, we big, did a big tour through Liechtenstein, just to, that was kind of the point that we aimed at, but it's not worth visiting. And mm-hmm. then we went through uh, Alsace and then uh, through Switzerland, a little bit of Germany, and then back into Switzerland, Italy, did a lake country. And then we drove back to Golfe Juan, spent a week down there, and then drove back up with a short visit in some other places on the way. I think it bodes also for our listeners to know that both of you are very knowledgeable about wines. Do you perceive at some point in the future you would maybe get a, an additional property somewhere in a wine region? And if not, just tell us a little bit about what some of your favorite regions are to visit for wines. Well, we really like uh, Loire Valley. That's where we did our honeymoon. We have some favorite uh, vignerons there. And uh, I think more increasingly, we really like Burgundy. Mm-hmm. So on the way back from Golfe Juan this summer, we also visited the uh, Côte du Rhône, so around uh, Tain-l'Hermitage, Hermitage. You can spend your whole life tasting French wines and not be done. And then there's the rest of the world. I don't, I don't know the, what, the, what our next project is. There's lots of opportunities. Tan, what do you see as potentially your next project in the future? In terms of home? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, at one point we're gonna head towards retirement. <laughs> it happens to even the best of us. <laughs> and then um, I think that the vacation home was kind of uh, in Africa was fine because when we had small kids. But I mean, um, a lot of French people in their culture they they have a big family home where they can, you know, when they meet as a tribute, as the same France. You know, when you have the grandparents, the the, the children, the grandchildren. And I mean, in my dreams, I would like to kind of have a, a bigger place where, you know, we could rain night with the, in the summer, so with my extended family. So at one point, the south of France is, is very nice, but probably expensive. So I would love to kind of have a, a good home to kind of have all my family around me when I'm old. Mm. Well, that, that actually sounds like a nice project for the future. I want to thank you both for sharing your story with our listeners and wish you all the best for whatever the future holds for you. Do you have any closing thoughts for our our listeners about what it's like to live in both places, both in the the U.S. and and in France? Well, there's something for everyone and you have to decide for yourself. But uh, for me, born and raised in the U.S., but I think the quality of life in France is, is, goes without saying it's, it's just much better. When you talk about eating, you talk about vacation time. Some of my friends in the States, they just can't believe when I tell them the situation here. Uh, mm-hmm. and not, we're not going to get into healthcare discussion, but that I think also I feel much privileged and safer living here in this crazy time than, than I would if I were back in the U.S. So I do hope that we get this under control and they can travel back to the U.S. But living in France for me, it's, it's really the place. Now, Paris works out for us now. Tom says, as we get to retirement, we'll see. 
um, but having more space and, and being on the countryside could be a, an option. And for me, I wanted to say for also your American audience that there's a vibrant um, American community or English-speaking community in Paris too. There's so many activities. I mean, because sometimes some people say, oh, I mean, maybe French people are not so friendly or they don't speak so much English. It's not the case so much anymore. And there's so, so, so many kind of um, activities also catering for the English-speaking community, uh, whether church, whether art, and then there's so many kind of things you can do and, and have fun with. So. Even with a, a foot in the um, in each country, I think it's the ideal kind of uh, situation for many people. Well, thank you. Uh, do we again. want to discourage the Brits from coming? <laughs> do we want to discourage the Brits from coming? The Brits? <laughs> no, they love they love France anyway. We'll leave that for another time. Thanks to the both of you once again for sharing your story with us here at the Paris Property Chronicles. Thank you again. Thanks so much, Yolanda. Thank you, Yolanda. The neighborhood of Charonne in the 20th district, where Tan and Jim have settled since moving back to France, is in one of the fastest-growing districts in Paris. It has increased in property value more than 45% over the last five years, but remains accessible relative to pricing throughout the city. A great location with fresh markets, easy access to the Bois de Vincennes, as well as the center of Paris, department stores and local merchants makes this an attractive neighborhood for young professionals as well as families. I'm Yolanda Robbins. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Paris Property Chronicles. Property tailored for you.